views of Radio Free Brooklyn, its staff, or management. Thank you for listening and have a dope day. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. How are all my blessed and highly favored people doing today? Well, I know it's a little somber for some people today because it's one of the days that we'll always remember here in New York City in particular. And I'm sure the rest of the United States and many parts of the world. Today is 9-11. And so we're going to speak more about today later on in our op-ed section of the show. But before I start our topic for today, I want to get my housekeeping and announcements completed. Radio Free Brooklyn is sponsored in part by 
by Peters Valley School of Craft. And they are having their 52nd annual craft fair at the Sussex County, New Jersey Fairgrounds. Now, this is going to take place on September 24th and the 25th. And if you want more information, go to their website, www.petersvalley.org. So, today, we're going to talk about what do you do when you just didn't get it right? And how do you recover from a wrong choice or decision? Today's topic is going to be titled, The Missed Opportunity. And our reading, and the basis of where our lesson is coming from, is going to be Mark 10, 17 to 22. Now, As he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery. Do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your mother and father. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever. Ever you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. But he was sad at this word, and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And blessed is the reading of the word on today. <laughs> The missed opportunity. This young man had a chance of a lifetime. He had the opportunity to learn directly from the master, to walk with Jesus. But at that time, He felt the price was too great. He felt that he would be taking a loss, that he would be taking a loss to sell all his possessions, give it to the poor, take up his cross and follow Jesus. I wonder how many of us have been granted the opportunity to do something for God, but decided that the price was just too much to pay. And there are so many parts of this story that I have to break it down because when, and this is, and this is, and you're going to see how 
he keeps us in this continuous pattern of not just reading his word, but reading to get a clear understanding. And I know you had remember from previous shows that you may hear me say, sometimes if you just read one scripture and figure out what that one scripture means to you in your life at that moment is more important than reading the entire chapter. Yes, you read the entire chapter to see where it all comes together, but sometimes that one scripture he could be talking to you about, just that one scripture from that chapter. And if you have, if you have missed any of my previous shows, you can find them on my show page at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org, on Spotify, Apple, and all other podcast platforms. So now, let's go through the scriptures, and see exactly what was happening at this moment in time. So, first, the individual called Jesus. He went to Jesus, mind you. Jesus didn't walk up to him. Jesus was on his way walking to go to his next location. This one came running up to him, knelt down on his knees, of course, paying homage to Jesus of being who he was, or thinking he knew who he was, and he called him good. And then Jesus replied, why do you call me good? There's only one that's good, and that's God. So Jesus, in that instant, was letting the man know, just because I appear to you to be good, from probably what you've heard about me, might have been what you've seen me do, not really sure. But you automatically put upon me the title of being good. But Jesus was letting him know there's only one that's good. And from what I got out of this, Jesus being God, because we know Jesus was God in the flesh, but even at that point, even at that point, Him being God in the flesh, he was letting the young man know anything that appears in the flesh doesn't always necessarily mean good because you see it do good, because you see it it, that it's doing good or you hear that it has done good. Don't be mistaken. Anything in the flesh does not automatically mean good because Jesus right there went straight back to the Father. Whereas he could have just as taken it as, yeah, well, yeah, I am God in the flesh, so yeah, I'm good. He didn't. He didn't. So that right there was letting me know, hmm, something for us to be mindful about, how we look at things, we look at others as being more than what they are because of what they might do or might have done or we might have heard about them. Let's not be mistaken. Then he tells him, to follow the commandments, the the commandments, to which the guy replies with a smug confidence, I have been doing this since I was a youth. Now, the, the title of this chapter is The Young Ruler. So if they, for them to emphasize that he was a young, the, the young, not young ruler, it, um, the, the young man, they call him like the young man who had many possessions. So for them to put the title on him as a young man, right? 
for this man now to say, I have been doing this since my youth. Right there, it lets you know, well, how many years could it have been from your youth to you now standing before God in the flesh, saying how you've been following the commandments since your youth. If they're titling you or looking at you as being the young man that's approaching Jesus, then you can't be too far from the years that you're saying that you were doing this in your youth. And this also is another reminder that when you hear people say, oh, I grew up in the church. Oh, I come from a church family, or I come from a church home. Almost like, oh, I already know that. We've been doing this all this time. I already know what I should be doing. You know, they have that confidence about themselves. But how many of us get so comfortable hearing a word from God that we feel that there's nothing else for us to learn or understand because we've heard that word before. So, oh, because I've heard that word before, oh, I already know that. Oh, I am, I'm already familiar with that. So there's nothing you can tell me when it comes to that because remember, every day, His mercy is made new unto us. So when you think about it, if his mercy is made new every day, every day you wake up, his mercy is new. You get a new set of mercy, a new set of grace, because it's it's just flowing abundantly right now, right? And we said... That mercy was forgiveness without punishment. So if every day his mercy is made new unto us, wouldn't that kind of make you want to think that, hmm, there might be room for mistakes to be made? Because if we got it right the first time, like the young man said, oh, I've been following those Since I was a youth, meaning I do it, I know about that. I've been doing it. I'm doing it. Or, uh, you know, that's something that, that's like breathing to me. But if his mercies are made new every day, wouldn't it make you think there's room for you to make a mistake? That perhaps you, hmm don't quite have it all together as you feel you do. But here, this is where Jesus lets him know, don't get too comfortable in where you think you are when it comes to the Lord. And that there's always room for improvement. And I'm going to show you where he says that. Because I know you're probably saying, well, where did he say that? He didn't say that to him. Yeah, he did. Because right after the young man said, I've been doing that from my youth, Jesus looked at him. And now this is classic. When you just take this scripture, 
Jesus looked at him, loved him, right? Almost as if he was, almost as if when he looked at him, he had to express the love for this man because his heart ached understanding how naive the young man really was. Because this young man really thought, <laughs> I've been doing that since I was a youth. What are you telling me? Not that he said, what are you telling me? But you can tell when Jesus was naming off the commandments, how the, the young man replied to him, teacher, all those things I have kept from my youth. Teacher, all those things I have kept from my youth. Like, that's not answering my question that I asked you. I asked you, how could I have eternal life? See what I mean? But it says in verse 21, it says in verse 21, then Jesus looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. So Jesus was telling him when he looked at him. And that's the part I was talking about. When he looked at him and when he loved him, because he was like, (laughs) you don't even get it. You don't even get it because you're standing up here telling me what you've been doing. All your life. So. That right there. Gives us something to think about. It gives us something to think about because. We think we're so comfortable. In what we're doing. That there's no room for us to learn something else. Right. So here, after that, it says that the man went away sorrowful. And how many times have you felt as though you were getting it right only to have God show you there it is? That's what I need you to deal with. And that right there is where the missed opportunity comes. It's that place in the road where you feel as though you're living and giving and doing everything that God would have you to do. Only to have God show you that you still have a way to go. You still have not totally surrendered all of yourself to him. But, and then you say it to yourself, but I've given up A, B, C, D, or I've been doing E, F, G. But what God is showing us, until you can walk away from everything, And bear your cross, then you haven't done anything. Because we know it's not by works, right? So we see this, we see it as losing 
too much to follow his direction? And how many chances has God given you to follow him, but you felt that that time it just wasn't right? Only to later look back and ask yourself, why did I feel at that time that it wasn't right? Because when you look at it, you might be in the same position that you were in when he first asked you to follow. Some things might not have even changed in your life. If anything, some things could have gotten worse. Yet some things could have improved, but some things could have gotten worse. You look at your friends, you realize they weren't even the friends that you thought they were. You look at your health, you're not as healthy as you used to be back then. You look at your money in your bank account with the ups and downs of the economy. Did you really sustain anything? And most of us are living for this world. Living for what we have, what we can see with our eyes right now. Even though we say, Jesus, I've been doing that since my youth. And although we know there's a heaven and we all want to get there one day, do we really believe that there will be riches in heaven? Or do we feel like this young ruler that all our riches are here on earth and we don't want to part from them? Or perhaps it's not even money because it doesn't have to be money. It happens to be money in this story. Maybe God is asking you to give up something else. And only you would know what that is, because that's the discussion between you and God. So God is telling us not to let the world or its riches or anything else that has us bound to it keep us from seeing the bigger picture, the kingdom and all that he has waiting for you. Because if you think about it, if the cattle on a thousand hills belongs to him and everything that is created or has ever been created belongs to him, then why would you think that you were going to miss out on something by giving up everything to follow him? Because if it was riches you wanted, he could make you a millionaire in an instant. Because think about it. Isn't that what he did to Peter, James, and John? When they came in from fishing all day and caught nothing, and he told them to go back out on the water and cast their nets, Peter was actually, here we go once again, being so smug and comfortable in what we know and what, we, what we've been doing because we are the air quote expert of our life. Peter's like, oh, we've been toiling. Master, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing out there for us to get. Jesus tells him, could you go drop your nets? Could you just follow what I said? When they drop their nets, in an instant, the amount of fish that they had in their nets was more than they could handle. They had to call additional boats to come help drag in these nets that was full of fish. And hey, what do you think they did when they saw that? They dropped everything and Peter was said, a sinner am I. Don't even look at me. Mm-hmm. 
He had to show you that even how comfortable you think you are in who you are, you still haven't gotten there yet. And it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing that you haven't gotten there yet. But he's just he's showing us don't get so comfortable in where you are right now, because there's still so much about me, so much about you that you don't know. But he knows because he created you. He knows because he placed it in you. So he knows that some of us haven't even scratched the tip of the iceberg yet of what he's placed inside of us for who we are and what we're capable of doing. He's letting us know that you would have to have the faith in order to see without having to see, right? Because when he told the young ruler to sell all your possessions and give it to the poor and come follow me, the young ruler would have had to see without having to see. But you would have thought that he saw when he came up to Jesus and said and asked him that question. You would have thought he had already saw because for you to, for you to ask a question and then get the answer and then do not want to follow the answer, you really hadn't thought completely You hadn't seen completely where this answer was going to take you. But if you had saw that, you know what, that's my ultimate goal. So whatever answer he gives me, that's the one I'm going to follow because it's going to take me to where I want to go because I asked the question. So one would have to have the faith to see without having to see to understand. So just think about how many missed opportunities you might have lost because you could not see what was right in front of you. It's like what Jesus said in Matthew 13, 14, 15. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, hearing you will hear and shall not understand. And seeing you will see And not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Least they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Least they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. So let's practice listening to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us. Let us us practice seeing with our spiritual eyes, not just what is in front of us, but what is all around us in the Spirit, as to not miss any more opportunities. And with that, I say it's time for us to take a music break. You are listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, What Brooklyn Sounds Like. Yeah. 
got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world, and it's all, yeah, it's all in his hands. It's all in his hands. That problem, that burden. It's in his hands. Yes, it is. Tell me, why should I fear when he's right here? Why would I fear when he's been here? Tell me, why would I fear when God's been here? Oh, why would I fear? Yeah, when it's in his hands. Right here. 
A testament I gotta tell Faith I'm about to flex on a Study for the test on a Positive my God can do Welcome back. Welcome back. You are listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. It is now time for the part of this show that I call Op-Ed. Today's Op-Ed, it's going to be a little reflection because today, 21 years ago, a terrorist group known to us now as Al-Qaeda, and whose leader at the time of the attack was Osama bin Laden, changed how America viewed their way of living forever. Forever. It has, nothing in our lives has been the same since 9-11. And the thing about this is, he had tried it eight years prior to 20 to 2001. He tried it when he tried to bomb the garage that was located underneath the towers at the time. Because anyone that remembers back then, and I'm sure everyone, everyone today remembers where they were, who they were with, how they felt, what the weather was like, what they were doing, everything. You remember everything. And I remember talking to my mom and telling her when this had all happened, you know, when you sit down and the days following and you're, you're reflecting. And I remember when she used to tell us how she felt when other things had occurred in the United States. And she remembered so vividly what was happening, what was said what she even in some instances, what she was wearing, who she was with, those things just never leave you. And she would tell us she was a little girl when Pearl Harbor was bombed. So she remembers hearing that come over the radio about America being, you know, the Japanese attacking the naval ships in Pearl Harbor. She also remembers when Kennedy was shot. She remembers that. And she's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I remember because this was happening. That was happening. And when you hear that, when I was growing up hearing those things, and I was like, wow, you know, sometimes I couldn't even remember what I had for lunch two days ago. But when this occurred, I understood what she had been telling us to the other instances in her life that she could say, 
I remember when that happened. And it was something huge where it affected everyone, you know, not just her personally in her life, but everyone was affected by what had happened. And here we are today in that same in that same category situation where everyone remembers where they were, what they were doing, who they were with. Like I said, the weather, the weather was it was a gorgeous September day as opposed to the way it looks this morning. This morning was very cloudy and overcast. They were expecting rain for us today in New York City. But it's something that you just will never forget. And like I said, how it changed the way we viewed life here in America. Because the World Trade Center was like the beacon in New York City. Those twin towers, you saw them from anywhere in the city, anywhere. You just saw them. They were like, they were like, you know how you say the North Star? They were the North Star to lower Manhattan. It's like no matter where you were in the city, when you saw those, when you were able to glimpse those towers, when you came in to the airport, you knew you were into New York City because you saw those towers as you were going to the airports because you flew in a, you know, you flew in the pattern of you can see, you could see them. You can, everyone could see them. So everyone knew where lower Manhattan was because of those towers. And everything, they stood for, they stood for not only just a landmark to where North uh, Lower Manhattan was, but the location that they were in, in Lower Manhattan. Lower Manhattan was like the Fort Knox of New York City. Anything was ex- Every, anything and everything was exchanged, traded, bought, sold on the streets of Lower Manhattan, legal and illegal. So when you think about the devastation that it brought to us, not only because, oh my gosh, the lives that were lost, of course, of course, that's the first thing you think about is everybody just kept looking up at the towels like, what is happening? Because we could never in our wildest dreams fathom something like that happening on American soil, number one, and then to the towers in a major city, and not only just the towers, because the Pentagon was hit as well. So when all these things were happening, we was like, oh my gosh, we are under attack. Never before has America been attacked like that. I mean, we hear of bombings going off in Europe, in Israel, in this part of the world, that part of the world, in Ireland. they We were always, wow, those poor people. Oh, my gosh, how do they live through all that? How do they live with the uncertainty of not knowing what's going to happen the next day? That was the mindset before 9-11 because we had never had anything other than when we had the Oklahoma City bombing, which was bad, but that was homegrown. So we were like, oh, we could handle that. Once again, being comfortable not looking at the big picture of things. And then this, and that goes to show you how vulnerable we became because we were so comfortable in thinking that nothing could ever touch us on our soil. But life has changed dramatically since then. Flying has never been the same. Travel, air travel has never been the same since. Used to be able to pack practically 
a whole refrigerator, all your toiletries, everything could have went in one suitcase and they didn't check anything, liquids all over, this, that, and the other, spray cans, everything. We were able to put anything we wanted to in that suitcase and put it on the plane. Now, you better not be more than three ounces because it's being chucked. You can't even carry a bottle of water. That's just how things have changed. If you want water, you better buy it on the other side of the TSA. So, with that being said, we reflect today not on just those changes with the way we do security here now, the way everything is now scrutinized, how everyone is watched. And we thought Big Brother was watching us prior to 2001. We didn't have any idea what Big Brother was going to have to do in order to keep us safe. We had no idea. We were just looking at it as if before, as, oh, they just want to know our business. But no, it came to 9-11 made us realize that there is some business that needs to be known. Everything cannot be kept in the dark. So today we reflect on those who have lost loved ones, family, friends, mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, Let not your heart be troubled. And I say this to you because that's what Jesus told us. He told us to let not our hearts be troubled. John 16, 32 to 33. Indeed, the hour is coming. Yes, has now come that you will be scattered each to his own and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the father is with me. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And with that, that ends op-ed. Our word for the month is study. And when God first gave me this word, I was like, study. Why? What? That's just such a simple word, God. Study? With all the other words we've had for our months for the past three years, study? But when I looked up the meaning of study, sustained, purposeful concentration and attention to detail. God is commanding us to begin studying, studying his word, breaking it down to understand where we are, what it is he's telling us to do, what it is he's been showing us to do so that we can be ready. It's all about being ready now. It's always been about being ready, but now it's about being ready. It's like When you have a trip that you take with your family, when you know you're planning this vacation and you're planning the vacation, you're in the planning stages. Oh, yeah, we got to get the air. You know, we got to let's check the airlines to see who has the best flight. Let's see which resort has the best offerings for all inclusive. Oh, do they take children? Oh, no, we're not taking the children. Or if you don't have children, oh, you don't have to worry about that. Are we going to all adult um, location, all inclusive because we don't want to be bothered with children because we don't have any. All that you do preparation, right? You're preparing for this trip. Then you finally go buy the tickets. Then it's like, oh, I got to get some new outfits. Let me go shopping. So you're still preparing. 
stages that you take before the day when you're at the airport to get on the flight to go on this destination that you've been thinking about for a moment. That's what he's telling us. We've been on this destination preparing for this trip for a minute. And now we're in the stage of the trip where he's telling us, be mindful of what my scriptures are telling you. Don't just gloss over them as you have been doing to say, oh, I read the Bible in a year. Did you? That's nice. But what did it say? Because do I see it? Do I see the fruits of what you've read in your life? Is there a little seed that was planted that next year I'll see a tree and maybe a couple of years from now see fruit? Because remember, if anyone knows anything about gardening or knows about planting, you, it takes a seed to germinate and then it becomes a plant or a tree or whatever. But when that tree comes and the leaves come, you don't get fruit that first year. It may take 10 to, 10 to 15 years, depending on how well you fertilize that tree, depending on the soil that that tree is in, depending on how much water it gets daily for that tree to bear fruit. So, You reading the Bible in a year, I commend you. Congratulations. But in your reading, did you get understanding? Did you get clarity? Do you know what he's saying to you? And is that tree that you feel you are with your many leaves, are you bearing fruit? Is this your season to bear fruit? Or are you still trying to get it together? Uh, That's not me asking these questions. That's not me asking these questions because the same questions that are coming out of my mouth right now and I'm saying to you, God posed them to me as well. I tell anything that he says that I give to you, trust and believe. I'm under that umbrella too because God is looking at all of us, me included, me included. So when we read these scriptures, are we understanding what it is that he has to say to us? Are we truly getting the meaning of what he wants it to do in our lives so that we can be effective in the lives of others? Because we know no matter what we do, it affects someone else. Although we think it only affects us, there's always a ripple effect. It affects everyone. One little thing affects everyone. And today, being 9-11, we all see that. One little thing Because when they were sitting in the planning stage of, ooh, we want to take down those towers, when they tried it the first time in the garage and they went back and said, oh, that didn't work, we now still need to take down these towers, they were in their planning stage. And the one little thing that they were thinking about in their own little group affected all of our lives from that day forward. So don't think that what you do doesn't have a ripple effect on somebody. Because it does. It may not be as it may not be as catastrophic as towers falling, because that was horrible. But it could be as phenomenal as affecting the way somebody sees things or understands something or even comes to God at that point. You just never know. So it is very important that we study and concentrate, and pay attention to the details. See with your spiritual eyes, 
not just what's in front of you, but what's all around you. So I say today for all of you, the ceremony has started at 830 down at the World Trade Center. And everyone's going to be gathering. They're going to say the names and they're going to do what they normally do every year. So for those of you who are down there, I know you're probably not listening to my show, but you might be, who knows? You might be listening to it on your way going there. I don't know. I can't say that. I don't know who he has this show reach. But my hearts and my prayers go to out, out to all of you who might be remembering those who you might have lost. And some of us, I'm sure, we're only six degrees away from one another. I'm sure we know someone who has lost someone. So you feel for them as well. But today I want it to be a reflection of, yes, what happened to us. Yes, how it has changed our lives. But also, yes, to discerning the time. Because... 21 years ago, look how quickly time has flown since this incident has occurred. 21 years. And when it happened, we didn't think we could see past tomorrow. And here we are 21 years later. There were babies born in that year that are now graduating from college. Think about it. I know my niece was born in that year. She was born October 11th, 2001. She's going to be 21 next month. So time, time moves. And it is for us to pay attention to what's happening, to what's going on, so that we can be prepared in everything that he would have us to do and understand and how we can live. And how we should live. So with that, I want to say, everyone have a blessed day. Everyone be safe. Everyone just love on one another. Just be mindful of what some people might be going through. So think about this. You have people going through things from the pandemic. You have people just dealing with their everyday lives, things happening. And then now today, some people have this on top of it. Not that they didn't know that this date was coming, but when it's upon you, it has a different effect. And then it's not just you, it's the entire city that's feeling this. So it's not just your own little personal Idaho that you're like, oh, I'm sad today. I could kind of, you know, disguise it. You have it in your face, even if you didn't want to think about it. Even if you wanted to block it out, there's no way you could block it out because it's everywhere. It's going to be on all the news stations It's going to be the topic of conversation from everyone today, no matter who you run into. If someone sees or hears something about 9-11, they're going to automatically start saying where they were, who they were with. It's just an an automatic thing that we're going to do because of what today is. So I say all that to just say, be mindful, be easy on yourself, and be easy on one another. Just let us all get through this because we're all still trying to we're all still trying to figure out where we are in this day and time. So with that I say until God brings us together again next week good people peace.
Say.